Figure out some way in which you get paid for playing. Welcome to episode 26 of Blethered. I'm Sean McDonald, and you're about to hear me talking to Glaswegian singer-songwriter Dylan John Thomas. Dylan's music career started out with him busking on Buchanan Street in Glasgow City Centre, and in the space of five years, he's gone from open mic nights to touring with Jerry Cinnamon across the UK and Europe, and most recently, at the time of recording this, he's just played at the Isle of Wight Festival 2019. Dylan is exceptionally talented and he's got a great outlook on life. That's something you'll hear throughout this chat. We talk about Dylan's early life growing up in foster care and how he was treated. It was brutal listening, if I'm honest, but it's testament to his character and his drive that he is where he is in spite of that experience. Dylan talks to me about discovering Johnny Cash and getting his first cheap guitar, something that ignited a lifelong obsession and vocation. We talk about the progression of his musical capabilities and style and how those early days of busking in Glasgow were the perfect apprenticeship as an aspiring musician. And we talk about the importance and power of gratitude and how it can not only transform your mindset but propel your life into a different stratosphere. There's some proper wisdom in here. Dylan is a wise beyond his years young guy. And we talk about living with ADHD and harnessing it in a positive way. Long term versus short term fulfilment. We talk about the day he was sent away for about a week to another foster home, and that it's something that was a seemingly innocuous event that turned out to be immensely fortuitous, and it actually led to him being invited to play his first gig, which was Jerry Cinnamon's open mic night. That's easy for me to say, where he met Jerry for the first time. Now, apologies for the lack of power in my voice through this interview. I got back to Ibiza the day before and I was not in a good way, put it that way. As always, the conversation will be continuing over on my Flick chat group, so on get involved. You can now listen to Blether directly through the app, in addition to the more serious and light-hearted discussions and conversations that we're having around different topics covered in the podcast. There's a lot of people getting in touch that want to speak to previous guests. There's loads, and I imagine there's loads more that maybe like to talk about a few things. So if you want to, the floor is there it's there for you to use finally thanks for listening I appreciate it if you enjoy the podcast I'm talking to you that's listening feel free to share it feel free to tweet about it feel free to tell your gran it helps me out so I appreciate it if you do cheers As introduced in the intro, I'm joined by what I think is one of the best, most exciting singers um, that Scotland's seen in quite a while, Dylan John Thomas. How are you, mate? It's happening, Sean. Thanks for joining. Um, loads of stuff I want to talk to you about, but I'm just going to start with, as we record, the morrow you're leaving to go and play at the Isle of Wight Festival. Now, on the, the main stage, we've got Noel Gallagher. We've got your mate and mentor, Jerry Cinnamon. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be talking about him. We've got the Cortinas. We've got James so, what stage is it you're playing? Yeah, is it, uh, this feeling stage. And how how does that feel, right? Because we're going to go way back to the start and talk to how we got to this point. But that's that's monumental. Ah, it's mental. It's 
a few years ago when I think back to kind of where I was at that stage to now it's just it's mental that these things can happen do you know what I mean if you really care about what you're doing it's going to happen do you know what I mean if you Aye. really believe if you really believe in yourself you have a passion determination if you eat, sleep and breathe what you're, the thing that you really love Aye. then I think the sky's the limit because you, you as we've been talking about as we sit here you eat sleep and breathe music I mean what's your typical day because you've just told me so when you get up in the morning straight in the shed and we studio is and then writing tunes playing music all day listening to tunes that's all I care about has that where, where did that come from and again I will we'll go back but I kind of want to get a wee glimpse Is it, have you always just had like a a musical soul or is it something that's developed as you've gone on and learned how to express it I got told off my sister when I was about 10 I remember she saying that I was named after Bob Dylan and then when I was a wee guy I was like who's Bob Dylan I think it was about 9, 10 and uh, mind, my brothers used to play this uh, it was Tony Hawk's American Wasteland and uh, or it was full, it was Underground 2 I can't remember what, what game it was it was a Tony Hawk's game and it had Ring of Fire in it and uh, I mind just playing that game like, all day and uh, well I didn't really get a shot and never gave me a shot but I mind just listening to it. so I, I don't get a shot so I just listen to the tunes and then it was Ring of Fire that was on, and I mind, like, listening to that, and it just made me feel, I don't know, it just made me feel something. And I was, like, I was only, like, 10 at the time, do you know what I mean? And uh, I get, got obsessed with it. Like, at, at that point, it was, I don't know if that's, like, obviously you kind of you kind of say that, oh, that's what I wanted to do at that time, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? But at that time, I was like, I actually like music, do you know what I mean? I mean, at that, at that point, all I was, all I was doing was just out in the street playing football and all that, and just playing computer games. And then it was that, that game that came out, and, or just listening to tunes all day it's fucking so amazing for being a normal wee guy and then hearing that it's, it seems to have triggered something in you but take me back to the start right because you've got a what I would call an inspirational but an interesting story um, and essentially as we're going to discover your path might have you know put you in, a, in a, you know, another direction but you've gone the complete opposite way early days you know where did you originally grow up I grew up in a foster house in the east end of Glasgow and uh it was, it was weird because it was, like, so I got taken off my mum when I was about three, four, and it was, oh, well, I knew, like, with the, with, the, with the situation that I was in, with the, with the way the foster carers were, the kind of strict military routine, uh, it, it was all, all I knew, do you know what I mean? Like, we weren't allowed to, we weren't allowed to, like, go get biscuits out of the cupboard, do you know what I mean? Just something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. But that was normal to me, do you know what I mean? It was until I was about 16, 17, where, when I was like going at my pal's house and all that, and they would, like they, they, like they could just do what they wanted, do you know what I mean? To the point where, I was like, that was at a time where I was kind of thinking, where now? And I'm still getting set to my bed at 10 o'clock, do you know what I mean? I'm 16, I was going on here. And, uh, that, that, that was like when I kind of realised, right, where now? This is, this is a bit fucking mental. But, for that situation for being like three, four year old all the way through. I didn't till that point I didn't realise that the end was different, do you know what I mean? So growing up it was in the actual point of growing up, it nothing it didn't feel like this wasn't the norm, do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was grew up in the foster house in the East End of Glasgow, just done just done normal things, do you know what I mean? Played football. And then when I got to about ten, I asked for uh, a guitar for Christmas. I ended up getting a wee this wee shitey Argos number it must have been about fucking 15 quid or something and uh, like at the time I just thought it was the best thing ever and I used to just sit 
Og vi skal gå den rejbre, en vi skal prøve af tabs for for Aarhus Jones, så man ikke lærer noget af ringe fire, en en og det og det kan Aarhus Jones, en at 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 point hvor du skal strømme op i melodies og noget, en end up just try end up Jones, and then after that it became a thing where I really developed a kind of like a passion for it in terms of every day when I woke up I couldn't wait to get back in for school to just play my guitar so all I wanted to do was play guitar and uh, I kind of carried through it till I was about so I was till I was about 13 and then after that I got high school and that and uh, it became a thing where like you, you end up as you get older you just want to go it I kind of fell out of love with music and uh, I'm saying I was only fucking 13 at the time, do you know what I mean? But at, at, at a point, I'd kinda, all I wanted to do was just go out and hang about my pals and all that. And uh, it, get, it got to about 14, 15, where I think something clicked in me when I was about 15. I think, I can't remember if it was in school or something, or we playing a tune, or like the one of the teachers. I, I, can't, I can't remember what it was, but I mean coming across... Uh, don't think twice with Bob Dylan. Because at this point, the only time I'd really heard music was uh, like on the radio. Like that. So I never, I never had any CDs. Or I had a wee MP3 player that had like fucking like a couple of old Snow Patrol songs or something on it. Do you know what I mean? I never really, never really cared for the tune. So like, I used to listen to the radio and uh, on this wee MP3 player. And then that was like the only time I really heard tunes. I never really had any, I never had any CDs around. And uh, so when I when I heard that tune, it was like. I'd go and try and print half a tab for it, and then come home, and then try and learn it. But I, but I couldn't listen to it. Do you know what I mean? I had to just learn it myself. So I think with that, that, that helped me in terms of like how fast I could learn tunes. Do you know what I mean? So when it came to where I could actually have YouTube in front of me, or I could look up tutorials and that, I could just rattle right through them because I was that used to just like l- try to learn tunes on my own. So when I actually had somebody Aye. teaching me, uh, like we're just watching a video online, I, I could just fly through them. Do you know what I mean? It helped me div- it helped me learn. A lot of songs in a short period of time. I think anybody like me, I'm the perfect example. I just if I was to sing a song, I would sing it the way I've heard it on like on the song on the radio. But when I listen to your covers of any tunes that you've done, where you've been you know playing big big venues like Johnny Be Good or Ring of Fire, as much as you immediately know what it is, it's very much got your distinctive mark on it. Do you think learning them without hearing them? Do you think that has then just progressed into you always? Singing it your way, like your style. Ah, uh, that's a good point. That's like I never, because like I never learned. I don't think I've ever learned a song the way it's supposed to be played. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like watching, like is it? There's a good thing and it's a bad thing because there's some techniques that you miss. But in terms of like, if I was to learn, for example, if I, if I came across a song that I wanted to learn, I put a YouTube tutorial on. I would probably learn about eighty percent of the song and then just make up the rest, the twenty percent. Do you know what I mean? And it would be that I think. It's not even a, a thing where it's intentional, like, oh, I'm going to put my own spin on it. Mm-hmm. It's literally like, it's just a thing that I've developed by accident, do you know what I mean? Or it's just, Aye. it's just happened. There's never been a thing where you get a lot of people trying to be smart with it and going, oh, I'm going to put my own twist on this cover and all that. It's like, mm-hmm. I'll learn a tune and I'll just play what I, I just play it, how, how I play it, do you like, know what I mean? Aye. Like, if people, anybody can do a cover, anybody can sing something really well, but it's, it's been able to not only perform it well, keep the, the main body of the song but having your own spin on it and I know you're saying people try and be a bit wanky I'm going to go I'm going to do this my way I don't mean like that <laughs> but you know some as well as see if somebody played 10 seconds of something that you sang I'd know it was you straight away yeah, because like, it's got an unmistakable sort of sound in it like an unmistakable style I think it was like I think that's where, where busking comes in where 
it was like when you're busking it's one of the best things I've ever done because mm. you need to learn like you learn like 40 tunes or something do you know what I mean you're, you're playing them like day in day out so I think with that it was one of the things if I was to learn all these tunes because like, I'd left school and like, I'd, I was busking like the next day and uh, at that point I developed quite a lot in that kind of my, my last year of school in terms of like playing guitar and my ability actually I'd just kind of started writing tunes and uh, I was learning different techniques and stuff so when it came to learning like 40 tunes for busking uh, I had to kind of it was at that 80% learning the actual song and then 20% just falling it in do you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't, like, it wasn't like an intentional thing where I'd, I'd mean to date. It was literally like a time period kind of thing or uh, I didn't really know how to actually play it so I'd just make up the rest of it. And it eventually became a, a thing where like now when, when I learn a cover like because I've got the kind of things ingrained in me uh, it automatically comes out as my own kind of my own mm. twist on it. Do you know what I mean? It's not really it's not intentional it just kind of it just happens. Do you know what I mean? See before we move on to this because I've got quite a few questions about busking uh-huh. and how that help develop you and stuff just to kind of go back to to early life were you did did the foster family encourage you with your music you know were they supportive in that sense it's they right so what happened was there they had uh two sons and a daughter and the their youngest son was like three four year old on me so he got into guitar when so he he was getting into guitar is like just before I got into guitar. That was one of the main reasons why I wanted to play guitar for my Christmas because mm-hmm. I seen him playing like in his room and all that. I was like, because I'd already kind of had that, I already liked music at that point, and I was like, I want to learn how to play. Do you know what I mean? So like, he was gonna he was playing, but he was doing like kind of like Blink One Eighty Two and all that, all, all the kind of tunes. And uh, it was that was like one of the main reasons why I wanted a guitar because like I could hear him playing. And I was mm-hmm. like, I want to play, and. Uh, so when I asked for a guitar for my Christmas, I was ten, and like they were all right with my play, with my playing and all that in the house and stuff. And then when I got to about when because they just thought it was like just oh he's he's fucking about do you know what I mean? But when I got to about fifteen and I knew that it was something that I actually wanted to do. It wasn't just a case of oh he's just wearing a few tunes up in the room. Do you know what I mean? It was a case of like this is what I actually want to do. And uh, it got to the point I just turned sixteen. And uh, they'd brung in, there was like two other, another two foster wings, they were like, they were only like eight and nine or something. And uh, like, mind, they, they, they were saying that I was too loud and I was waking them up. And it, that just shows you, I was playing at like seven o'clock and they were getting sent to bed at seven o'clock, Aye. do you know what I mean? Well, I was still getting sent to bed at ten o'clock and I was like 16. And uh, I ended up playing guitar one day, like, it was like half eight or something at night. And uh, they were like, alright, that's it, you're getting your guitars taken off me. So when I was 16, they took my guitars off me and never let me, and didn't let me play guitars in the house. So what I'd done is, there was a, a shop down the bottom of the street that one of my mates had worked in. And uh, I was like, I took my guitar down. And I went into the shop and uh, my mate's like, ah, it's Big Bobby, his name was, uh, uh, the, the guy that runs the shop. And uh, he's like, alright, Bobby, you gotta get down a job. He's like, ah, go sing for me. So I was like, looked at my guitar and started playing a bit of Johnny Cash. He's like, right, you go to job. <laughs> I was like, he's like, and I asked him, eh, can I get a job so I can play the guitar on my lunch break? He's like, I sound. So, I mean, like, during the day, I'd be fucking sweet him everything up and all that. And I actually, I actually learned quite a lot for working in that show. But it's funny because it was like, you look at the, the kind of things and think, oh, it's just working in a show. Do you know what I mean? It's nothing. But like, in terms of, like 
I mean, I was speaking up one day, and uh, one of the younger guys that was, that was running the show, he walked out of me and grabbed the brush off me. He's like, ah, you've been speaking Matt Flair for half an hour, and look at it. He's like, ah, if a job's worth doing, do it well, do you know what I mean? And that was like the first time like, where I kind of, it was like the first kind of point where I learnt about what actual work is, do you know what I mean? Rather than Aye. just messing about and fucking about. It's encounters like that that shape your life, isn't it? Welcome exactly. to the real world. What's, what's mental about that, that job was... Uh, you used to have a, a basement underneath underneath the shop. You'd have you'd have to go outside the shop and ruin, and under the Nisby Hill and been into the basement. And uh, but the the guy was taking me in one day. He's like, "What do you think the biggest seller is in this shop? What item? Do you think sells the most?" I was like, "I don't know, fags or something." He's like, "Done that and pulled up a shutter and looking in your mate. There was about a thousand fucking bottles of iron brew just sitting." <laughs> I was like, "No fucking way." He's like, every single day we punt about 200 bottles. Well, I knew what you mean. And uh, at that point, I'd stopped drinking juice. I ended up getting into conspiracy theories about aspartame and all these chemicals that was in juice and all that. I was like, I'm never drinking juice again. Like we're tanning beers at the weekend. You know I, mean? <laughs> I know. But, uh, I, and I was, uh, but, so what I used to do was, so we'd work during the day and then uh, I'd get my lunch break. and get to play during my lunch break. And uh, it was brilliant. Like There was so like. I'd sit and, like, I'd be sitting on a box of Chris, do you know what I mean? S- just sitting playing my guitar in the, in the back bit of the show. It was amazing, like, I, I learnt a lot through that period. Aye. And that was just before I went, I finished school and went on to Busking, do you know what I mean? We did, we thought, but what is mental is that, so back to like, the, the, the foster care Zane Wayne's. So their son had, so like, that Christmas I got a wee fucking shitey Argos guitar, right? And in his room was sitting, was a Fender Stratocaster. Uh, he had a Fender acoustic. He had uh, a Marshall amp. He had like fucking. He had about fucking about four grand's worth of shit sure. in his room. And what's mental is that I only had a wee shitty guitar. Do you know what I mean? And then this is what I'm doing. Aye. I'm doing fucking ten years old. Do you know See, what I mean? the person who's listening to this right as we talk wants me to ask this question: Why the fuck were they taking people in then if they were going to be like that? And I don't mean that to be insensitive, but it just sounds it sounds borderline nasty. Well. It's so I've, I've kind of ex- like now I've grew up a bit. I've kind of examined it, examined it, and I've looked back on all the shit. Like, see, see how like when you you remember like when you're listening to like an adult having a conversation or something, and you're a wee guy. It's not that you've got older, but you listen back, you you, you, yeah. you think back to it and go, "Fuck, is yeah, that what yeah, we were talking about?" You see Do you it know what I mean? Adult eyes, and uh, it was one of the things where, where I think back to what was going on is that I think they got the so it was like a big curse that they stayed in and I think they got that house for I think it was inheritance so I think the foster carer the, the woman I think it was her mother that had the house and uh, so when when obviously like she'd grown up and she was having the rain wains I think the her man and dad moved to a smaller house and let the wains down there and then because they had this house it was like fucking four bedrooms five I think it was five, five bedrooms four upstairs one down the bottom big living room, big conservatory, uh, just everything was massive about the house, and uh, I think they had all their rooms, they only had three wains, and then they must have had like, another two rooms kicking about, and I think they seen an opportunity to bring in, like make a bit of money for it, do you know what I mean? This is like, in hindsight, because like, at the time, I was the only wee guy, yeah, I admit, but now I look back on it, and I think, I, I think like, things that I think, you know, like, they just kind of, it's not even to the point where I, where I think about this as a conclusion. I, th- I know it is. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it's where so they had all these rooms, 
And uh, I think they were they were just bringing in well, they started in foster care. There was a few people before us that was in, and uh, and then what happened was I was four year old, and uh, my sister who's a year old on me, and then my my brother who's three year old on me. Uh, we all got taken out in foster care. And my oldest sister, she was 12 year old than me, so I was four and she was 16 at the time. So she never got taken into foster care. And, uh, so it was just the three years it got taken, taken away. And, uh, my brother left when he was about, so it was like 2001 I got taken into foster care. So my brother left in about 2004. She went back to my ma. And then my sister went back as well in about 2005. But when I think back to it, I knew that my ma wasn't stable. Do you know what I mean? And uh, l- later I found out that she had paranoid schizophrenic and that was like a lot of stuff was going on like with family and all that. Uh, like before I was born, there was a lot of problems there. It was a, a kind of typical like, alcoholic family, do you know what I mean? Where just always just shit gone wrong and uh, deaths and all that and people start, mental health problems start developing and you didn't have the support either that what you have now, do you know what I mean? Hi. So I think I kind of so she was about, uh, so that, that, that kind of happened with her when I was about, before I was born, and then uh, it got to about four, and I had uh, maybe three, and she had a, another boy, uh, she had another one, and uh, but he was stillborn. So what happened was, I think I just drove her to the, the absolute edge, and then that's when like social, the social and I got involved, and we ended up getting taken away. So I was about 2001, so I was four at the time, and we turned into this foster house. And uh, it was one of the things, because I didn't know, I was I was only like, very young at the time, so I didn't know what the norm was in terms of growing up, where mm-hmm. you can just do normal stuff, like go, go into a fridge, do you know what I mean? I didn't know this stuff, because I was that young at the time. So, like, when, when we went to this house, and it was like, oh, you can't go into that, you can't, you're not allowed in the kitchen, you need to go to bed at seven o'clock, it was it wasn't a thing where I questioned it. Do you know what I mean? Because right. I just thought you don't have a time. Reference I was, point. I don't know you got exactly the reference point. I didn't know what it was like about other other families. So I, when when we got to when we got to uh, I got to when I was about ten, eleven, ten, and what what kind of it was it kind of dawned on me that we used to get sent to bed at like fucking so I used to get sent to bed at like seven o'clock, and then in means used to you get to stay up or like we'd go to the shop. We'd go to the shop and they'd buy their own son. Uh, he'd be getting cl- new clothes and all that, Fucking and a, a football. Cunts, man. Uh, yeah, they, he'd be getting like, a new football or something. And me, and my brother and sister were just sitting, standing in the shop, watching him, getting all this shit. Do you know what I mean? That's... And uh, it was very, but it's. I, I'm, I'm thankful for that happening because it made me develop a fire in my belly. I think Aye. everybody's gonna burn my fire in the belly. Do you know what I mean? But it's one of the things that I never, I never made it. I never, I never let it die because I've always got the memories of getting sent to bed at seven o'clock and just it was like in the summer and all that just it'd be so bright, fucking That's and I'd, I'd just be, I'd be sitting lying in my bed with, with nothing to do and aye. plus I had ADHD. Do you know what I mean a wee guy, seven year old, eight year old getting sent to bed at seven o'clock and he's jumping about men on his bed and all that and then just get it was one of the things where now I think back on I realised that. What they were trying to do was just trying to make dough and just try to keep us at the side. Right, and really, do you know what I mean? Until we grew up. That's, I mean, I, I'm not a, um, you know, a, a, like a, an expert on the sort of theoretical element of fostering children, but that's just horrific and doing it for all the wrong reasons. And it's, it's unfortunate, but I dare say that 
there will become a point even further in your life when you look back and you'll you'll say I wouldn't change a single aspect to that because that sort of thing is as you say has created that that fire in your belly it's kind of shaped you, oh, 100%. you know, it's, it's stood you in good stead good stead in the long run but that's that's perverse that's twisted like um, it was but like in a way I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm, obviously I would never want another way to go through what, what I went through mm-hmm. do you know what I mean uh, like even stuff like like so something as simple as something as simple as what a lot a lot of people will never grow go through is like I mean like school shoes. I used to see gone see gone the year, like when when the year started going back to school, and like I'd get see them my George shoes for Asda, mm-hmm. and it'd be yeah. like a big strap kind of thing with yeah. actual school shoes, and uh, like just have a, a, a random jacket right. No 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 that I care because like I don't care about. What class people were right, but it's not but a see, see when the, house, see, see when their their rainmans are getting Adidas and Fred Perry shoes and they're getting they're getting everything, Nasty. and I'm getting sent to school with and then it wasn't even a case of, like that I really cared about it was a case of, that I just got slagged fuck out of for it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean like while they their rainmans were kicking about with everything, like, I, I literally don't care about people wearing like because I know there's not everybody's fucking got money to be buying that class, mm-hmm. but when you're when you're in a house where the person fucking in, in the next room has got everything, do you know what I mean? Aye. Like, what the fuck was going on? He had, like, he literally had fucking, they gave him, uh, like, the, the, the rain son, they gave him, there's literally about three grand's worth of music shit I, in his I room. I don't understand how, as an adult, that you could, you could do that with it. Like, how, how do you sleep at night? But I tell you what, you'll have the last laugh, see, in terms of looking at, what should have happened is you should have either been angry or, or resentful and you might have then developed undesirable characteristics but the reality is you're hard working you're talented you're a nice sound brand new guy you've you've got the last laugh um, that's, that's what that's the way the way I think about it is that it's I know like in terms of I, 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 I know that I'll never treat my, my wains like that Do you know what I mean? if, if I ever have wains I know that I'll treat them right. a billion times better uh-huh. than these kinds of words. And everything, you're obviously going to find, you'll find some positives, and the positives are how that's kind of shaped you, how you'll then go on to treat kids, they guarantee that your kids will never have that. So by proxy, then you're going to go on to be a better influence in the world, a better, you know, a more positive, engaging, engaging person. I'm absolutely raging at that. It's, I it's, think, I think was, a lot of kids, like, just, a lot of kids just can't believe it when I say it, and it's like, it's just, there's, there'll be, I guarantee there'll be people listening to this that, that is, that has went through. Everybody's got their own shit to deal with, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whether it's on the same wave, wavelength as in the shit that I went through, but everybody goes through their own shit, like people dying and all that, and them having to deal with it. I think that it's, there's certain things that happen in life where it makes you, kind of, it makes you grow, like in terms of the fire, the fire in my belly part, I was mm-hmm. talking about where, when I seen, like, when this stuff happened, for example, with Christmas dinners and all that, I'd be like, Sitting yeah. in the kitchen myself. Don't mate, I'm going like, to burst any tears. We, I'm like, try to be funny. <laughs> we, we, that, that kind of thing where it, I like, in terms of like, like, I mean, when I was about 16 in uh, New Year's, hug my knee, uh, I got sent to my bed at 10 o'clock and they were all downstairs drinking. I was like, fuck it. But like, I think, but now I think back on it, I'm like, thank fuck that happened, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they've done because now, but it makes me just appreciate everything. Like, simple things, do you know what I mean? Like, being able to spend Christmas with people and stuff, like, just being able to, even just sitting down having a meal, do you know what I mean? Every day, I'd, I'd just sit and eat dinner myself, do you know what I mean? So, they'd, they'd all be in the living room eating their dinner. Is that that kind of thing where 
it just makes me appreciate everything. Just a simple thing with just sitting down having food. Do you know what I mean? Look at by the way, what a what a shining inspirational example that is for anybody who's either in a similar situation or on a situ- in a situation where they feel how will I ever get out of this? How am I ever going to sort of get beyond this? The more you're on your way to play the Isle of Wight Festival, oh, Radio Radio, Radio X, big God, or shout out to our mate Gordon Smart. <laughs> I know you're listening, <laughs> Gordon. Gordon. Um, I FaceTimed him Friday on Friday. Absolutely, Stephen, I can't remember it. He's a same cunt. So Ra- Radio X, where Gordon's obviously his show, they're playing, what is it, it's tune of the week just now? Yeah, I, will, I, I will, was last week, I got so uh, Radio X, that's the tune of the week. You're, you're touring, you've got your single at, you know you're absolutely flying, so you're an example of what's possible. Not nothing can I know things will hinder you and things will hold you back, but and I'm not going to say you don't have excuses because often people do. But you're mm. a, you're a, an example of, as to as I think to what can be done. How people how people deal with it. like those because like those people that I know that have had the best bring, upbringing ever, Aye. but they're still the soundest people ever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean it, it doesn't. And there's people that have had a terrible upbringing in their sound, and there's people that's had an amazing upbringing as well, one of the shittiest people you could ever meet. Yeah. And I, I think that it, it's how, it's how you deal with a certain situation. I think at the end of the day, the most important thing, one of the most important qualities, qualities that anybody can have is gratitude. Understanding that it could be a billion things worse. Do you know what I mean? I look, I, I look at the situation I was in, and I go, it could be worse. Mm-hmm. It could, it could have easily been worse. Do you know what I mean? Aye. Like, we never, like, we, we never got, we never got hit, do you know what I mean? We never got smacked or anything, do you know what I mean? It was, it was made of the emotional side where, like, like, with the part where if I got, say, it was at like half seven and I'd been sent to my bed and I was playing with a toy and they'd come in and shout at me to get to sleep and then I wasn't going to sleep. They'd sit me in the, in the kitchen, at the, ta- at, the, at the kitchen table and just leave me till I got tired and then I'd have to go to my bed and then I'd, I'd, I'd have to say to them, can I go to my bed please? But yeah. I when you go, and then that's when I've been after. But, but, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not meaning that to be like a sob story. What I mean is like that kind of thing where you can, if you do, you can. There's two ways you can take it. You can have a bit of resent. You can have resentment and go, oh, I fucking hate these assholes. Yeah. Or you can go right. It fucking happened. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and no, any time, like for like just every, every time I get get in my bed, I'm grateful. For just having a bed, do you know what I mean? I know that sounds a bit kind of. I'm not trying to take the, the 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 moral high ground, but like, isn't. oh, I'm, it's just that that, that kind of shit happened to me, and that uh, I feel grateful for it. Do you know what I mean? I, that that gratitude and that appreciation and that acknowledgement of what passed and what did happen in the past is something that is going to just propel you further and further. The thing about you know people have always get a problem worse. You know, just because somebody down the road's got a broken leg, it doesn't mean I'm not allowed to be upset because I stubbed my toe. But I suppose it's about how long you it's about how long you fester on it and how long you focus on it. And then you're like, right, okay, there are worse things in the world. You know, you're allowed to within your own wee bubble, you're allowed to have a you know a wee problem. But again, it is if you revert to you know if you're focusing on your problem, you're focusing on your issues. But as you say, if you revert to that gratitude and focusing on what's what's important. You know, your whole, your whole mindset changes and then you start to see where there was impossibility, you see possibility. Um, I think, well, one of the analogies that I like is if you give one way in a tenner, right, hmm. I've got to be happy. If you, if you get another way in a fiver, I've still got to be happy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, when you go get some sweeties, they're, still got, they're both of them are still going to be happy because I've got to get sweeties. Do you know what, what? I mean? It's like, it's that kind of thing where, and it can work in the, in the negative side, uh-huh. where if... It, it can work in the negative, and the, the flip side of that is if somebody has five problems, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that, that they're going to be less, it doesn't mean that, that, that they're going to be less angry or less sad than the person yeah. that's got ten problems. Aye. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, 
it's one of those things where people have got shit to, everybody's got their own shit to deal with, do you know what I mean? Like, just because somebody's problem might be worse than another person's problem, doesn't mean that they can't feel the same thing, do you know what I mean? It's like when people talk about, a lot of people talk about depression, and they talk about, oh, like I've heard it a million times, or oh, what, what have you got to be depressed about? You've got your family intact, everything's sound, you've got a house to sign, do you mm. know what I mean? It's like, it, it doesn't matter, I can't still have problems to yeah. deal with, do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that somebody should feel worse. For have, because they've got more problems. That's, that's not the way it works. Do you know I what know, mean? And I've, I've, I've seen that a lot with people that, that's one thing I try and stay clear of when I talk about this shit that I'm not trying to say that my shit was worse than anybody else's shit. Do you know what I mean? It's your experience, you know, it, no everything is, is comparable. But what, what makes you happy in the, in the most simplest sense? You know, what, what brings you fulfillment? I already know the answer, I've, but I've, I just want to hear you say it. I think everything. Like, I love, like, obviously, uh, overall, the music, right? But in terms of like, I can like just sitting down to watch a movie. Like, mm-hmm. that, that makes me happy. Jump. I mean, I never really got to but watch much movies when I was younger. Mate, uh, no, I'm cry like, well, just walking about. Just like I just just every day, I just love getting up and just doing things. Do you know what I mean? Like going to play mini golf for it. Just go get a <laughs> game of golf for everything. Like, but overall, obviously, it's music. Do you know what I mean? But every day, I'm like. One thing with my ADHD is that I always just want to do things, do you know what I mean? I never, Aye. like, I, I, I hate sitting about, or if I'm not sitting about, then I'm still doing things in terms of, I'll be playing a guitar, or I'll be, like, just doing stupid things, like, playing me quizzes or something, do you know what I mean? Like, I've, just, I'm just always, like, just always, I'm just always looking to do stuff. I, like, I, I've done, every day I wake up, and either want to play a, do a bit of music, or go a run or something, or anything, just, uh, just, Everything, do you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm no happy 100% all, all, all the time, is, do you know what I mean? I'm not happy 100% all the time, do you know what I mean? But I'm definitely content and I like to... It's one of the things where, obviously, the, the full overall thing, the overall thing that I like to do is music. And it's... You don't want to get complacent with it. You don't want to go, oh, I've wrote this many tunes, that's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. You want to write all the tunes and go, right, I want to write more. Do you know what I mean? I think that's where all people get like record deals and stuff and go, alright, oh, that's me fucking made it, I've got a record deal. No, that's when the fucking real work begins, do you know what I mean? That's, that's when you really need to work hard. It's kind of, it's equivalent, you hear, you know, the, uh, you hear like a wee guy who's signed for Man United at 16, they'll say, oh, that's me, and then the, the work stops. So I obviously, that's yeah. when the real work c- kicks in. You've cracked the code to life there if, if you're, you're content quite uh-huh. a lot of time and fulfilled because that's let's be honest that's every every pursuit with is to find some sort of happiness in some sort of level if you can get that through the simple things um, what I wanted to ask you is ADHD is often viewed as quite a, a you know a negative um, what would you say like condition or like a trait to have how, how do you, you think it's it? an, an, an obnoxious thing and I can I'm a testament to that I'm the most fucking annoying person ever <laughs> like I genuinely just like I can hear I'm sicky I'm like uh, exactly. <laughs> like what like it blows my mind how I managed to get out, like, the area that I grew up in, it was like, fuck, it was just mayhem, like, cunts, like, when I think back to it, it was, it was one of the things where every, every weekend, something, you'd see somebody, something on the news, somebody getting stabbed or something, just in the road, and back, back to the foster care part, I see what I was lucky with, see, we talk, we kind of talked about it on a negative side, the, the thing that I'm very, very grateful for in that sense is that when I was 16, 17, I was still getting to, getting sent to my bed at ten o'clock. They people right? need jail. No, but but this is the thing. What I think about, I mind having to go home at ten o'clock every night. So we don't, if we're out drinking or something, right? I'd have to go like, a Friday, Saturday night. I'd have to go home at ten o'clock, right? So I was in my bed. The next day, I'd get up and go down at my pal's house. 
But oh mate, you just fucking missed it. Fifteen minutes after you left, some can go start. Uh, well, enough, I, right? Do you know what I mean? Is that, is that kind of thing where it, I'm the most annoying cunt ever? Do you know what I mean? And I, it's very, it was, I kind of throw a punch to save myself. <laughs> so I was a very, very easy target in terms of when I was growing up. So mm. how the fuck I managed to get out of where I, where I was without, uh, without anything happening to me? Like, I don't know. But in well, terms of back to the ADHD thing, where it being in, like people viewing it as a negative thing, like it's, I it can be. It can be annoying because like, I, I find that I, I annoy myself sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like, in a certain situ- uh, certain uh, social situation, and I'll just say like, no real a Tourette thing. Do you know what I mean? But like, I'll just say something that without that a filter. I, like, I without a filter. I suppose, like, I've, I'll, I'll just say it, and then I'll go, "Oh fuck!" Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And especially it gets very, it gets to the point where you're in. It's not just a case of you're with your pals, and see when you start hanging about with people, or uh, like say you're in the, in the music industry or whatever, and you're hanging about with people, and you're backstage having a talk with them or that, and it'd be like a big everybody will be having a laugh and all that. Like you can't make an ass of yourself. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, it's obviously you don't want to go, you don't want to walk into that situation and go, I'm not going to make an ass of myself. You should, you probably wouldn't just make an ass of yourself anyway. Aye. But with ADHD, is that kind of thing where I'll just say shit and all that, and it will just be a thing where I'll be trying to be funny or something, and then some kind of take it the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? And that, that shuts one door for me. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, but I think there's an authenticity to you that people like because there isn't a there, there isn't a filter. You're not really thinking, or you're not like being very calculated about what you say. You're disingenuous. Uh-huh. Who, who you are is well, who you are. That's sort of sort of like, all that shit that I just spoke about. I was like the negative side with uh, with the ADHD, but like in terms of in terms of the positives, like I'll, every day I wake up and. I'm buzzing. To, I'm just buzzing to do something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, because I'm so hyper. I'm always like, my energy doesn't run out until it runs out. See when it runs out, I'm just crash. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'll just be straight in my bed. Uh, but like, I, I can just go all day, just a hundred percent, and it's because I'm so hyper. Do you know what I mean? If it wasn't for that, like, we, we like in terms of like the, the, the fire in my belly part, where because I was always so hyper I was just always full of beans you'd jump about mm-hmm. that, that helped me play the guitar do you know what I mean that, that helped me learn in terms of the obsessions a lot of people with ADHD autism and uh, like a lot a lot of people we, 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 a lot of people have like when it comes to that a lot of people get like have obsessions so I go the main obsession is obviously playing music playing the guitar but and I'll get a different obsession where as a, like, I'll get obsessed with playing pool. So I'll be going to pool every day for, for a month. And then I'll get obsessed with playing golf. I'll go, I'll go play golf all the time. And then it kind of helps me develop, like, new, Aye. like, new skills and all that. little bit different. Do you know? So you're so good at FIFA then? I, I'm, I'm good at FIFA. I'm absolutely terrible at football. I'm like the worst football player ever. <laughs> I'd, like, I think back on it and, like, I was always the last picked at, every, uh, at school. Uh, like, we're playing football in school or whatever. And, uh, I was just always the last picked. Absolutely terrible. You go to the point where I was always the last picked. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to see how you could, mind in like first year and second year, you could, like, there was, you could pick if you wanted to do hockey or football or that. So you'd have like everybody playing. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to play hockey. And then they're up playing hockey and it was just all these, all these wee geeks just running about. They, and it was just me smashing them all. <laughs> just me smashing them all hockey. Cause I was that shite at football, but I could play hockey. I don't know what it was. Like, what it was with football. Just always fucking shite. But when it came to computer games and all that, I was good at computer games. I was good at, uh, like, that's the obsession kind of thing. Where, Aye. And that, that can be a bad thing as well. So you get addicted easily. Aye, I suppose. I mean, it's, it's obviously different for everybody, but for you then, that, for want of a better term, condition is something that's, um, it's, it's you've, you've, you've channeled that energy in a good way uh-huh. at times. I was looking, uh, like, 
I view me having ADHD as a lucky thing, where, like, I can just, in terms of learning stuff, because, like, I won't really stop until I've learnt it. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like a lot of people get bored with something if they if they if they, if they don't win it or if they, if they don't or if if they've, if they've no fun or they can't be asked finishing the song. Do you know what I mean? Or if they're, if they're not getting anywhere learning a tune or whatever, uh, they'll, they'll just stop. Do you know what I mean? But because we ADHD, I, like I've got a thing where like, I'll, need, I'll need to finish it. I need to learn this it. thing. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of gave me that gave me the drive to to always be. You know, wanting to finish stuff or wanting to uh, like always wanting to learn stuff do you know what I mean you've got a very positive outlook I like it you, uh-huh. just see, you see the good in a lot of things even if there is essentially bad in it you'll find the good that's a good way to be well it's one of the things where growing up it was you, learning to turn negatives into positives do you know what I mean where like like, or, like if it wasn't for me growing up in that situation that I did then I wouldn't be able to write half the tunes that I write do you know what I mean? Because a lot of them are just reflection. Like, if I had just a normal life growing up and everything was absolutely fine, everything was perfect, nobody really does have a perfect life or uh-huh. some shit. But say if I did have a, have a perfect life, then what the fuck would I write about? Uh, Do you know what no, I mean? It's, like, a, it's a, a good point. Getting up today, uh, going downstairs, playing my guitar. Mum's pure sound. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's fucking, like, it, it's various things where if, as, I think that's one of the keys to, I think you don't really look for, I don't think you really look for shit to be ha- to, I think a lot of people try and look for stuff to be happy mm-hmm. do you know what I mean but a lot of people go for the short term shit do you know what I mean they always go for just to be short term buzzies well and I think like what, what I've got is with with music is like I'm very very lucky to have gotten into that when I was younger and it was various things that like I look forward to playing a guitar do you know what I mean like this is what I like I get to just tour about and just play in front of thousands of people. Do you know what I mean? And it's like it's it's mental that like that's why I, I look forward to that. Do you know what I mean? I wake up every day and go, "Thank fuck, man, I can play the guitar today." What, do you know what I mean? Is, isn't it? You said some people will pursue you know short term uh, methods of finding or providing fulfilment or happiness, but you chose long term. You started busting. I don't, I, I, I don't even think it was intentional. Sorry, to cut mm, you off. Right. It was one of those things where. It, I think it just happened. Do you know what I mean? It was like it wasn't like I was sat down one day and went, "Right, I'm going, I'm going to try and do this." Do you know what I mean? It just kind of, uh, aye. It, 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 in a way, it was it was it was natural. Do you know what I mean? For it got to about sixteen, seventeen. I, I was leaving school. I mean, maybe that was when I had. To, like, that's when you kind of need to make a choice. Do you know what I mean? Aye. But like inside me, I, knew, I always knew that that's what I wanted to do anyway. Do you know what I mean? So, so aye. Well, I I remember seeing you. Years ago, so this is quite surreal for me, because uh-huh. if I'd see a busker, I'd be like, oh my god, fuck off, like, chasing cars again, like, do just it, try oh. and walk faster, and I'm not just saying this, and there are a, there's, there's a couple that stick out my mind, but you're one that I'd always stop for, somebody I should actually give a shout out to, my pal Liam Tate, one of my closest pals, great guy, and it was him who first put us all on to Jerry, uh, Cinnamon, cheers mate, uh, put us on to Jerry, and uh, he was going to see him back in like, I'm sure like 2013, um, see him in wee pubs in Aberdeen and all that really? and uh, I, I, I can't remember when it was but then he said by the way there's a boy that started touring or playing with Jerry Cinnamon and he, he's amazing and uh, you know he, he was busking in McCannon Street and that straight away I was like I know who you're like I know who you're talking about you come with Afro uh, so you've also had quite an impact on people um, you know for hearing you uh-huh. what then you know they say the busking gave you a lot of help to develop and, and whatever but at what point were you then moving for the street into venues? Like, 
Gonna talk well, me through that process. Well, so like so, so starting off with busking, you know, so I was about seventeen. So I'm twenty two now, and I started off busking when I was seventeen. And uh, I, it was a day after. It was like the day after I left school, and uh, I'd moved away for that for that foster house that I was in. And uh, I went going out the first day of a busked. I went out and uh, had my wee amp and all that. I saved up all my money. And got got this wee amp and uh, went out. And was on, do you know where see where uh, Buchanan Subway is? Aye, like that glass bit. I was yeah. right, I was right there playing. And like, I don't know if you know this, but see up above like all these shops, there's still offices. Aye, and there was one office. I can't remember what it what it was for, but he used to come out and moan at everybody. Right, this is like, I found out after that I was a spot he didn't go to. Aye. But I was busking. This boy came up to me like, ah, by the way, what what's what you're doing? You might be too loud with your amp. That office will. Uh, Phone. It was like the community officers that they used to phone when they'd come and shift. You know, I was alright sound. And then, so I spoke to this boy. Uh, I was like, when when it's because it wasn't a case of like I got fed, like somebody pushed me to do it or that. Like I was Aye. literally like people were were restricting me to do it. Drumming, I had my guitar sticking off me. And it was like what it was the only thing I wanted to do was just play music. So it was one of the things where I just pushed myself right into the deep end and. I, I, I knew nobody. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any of these buskers. I didn't know anybody for the Glasgow music scene or anything. I was just a wee guy, 17 year old, going out in the street with an amp. I was like, so, I started busking and, uh, this boy came up to me who was telling me about, oh, you need to keep your amp down or something because he's uh, offices, I was alright sound. And, uh, so I spoke to him for a bit and then the next day I went to busking and I seen him playing. So I went there and spoke to him and that and, uh, got to know him a bit and then, but, what we used to do was, uh, was he, he'd, he'd play three songs and I'd play three songs. So we'd just share, share the same stuff. And then, but what we'd do at the end of the night was we'd, we'd just split the money, right? And then we'd just go get some food or whatever, pack of fags. But so it got to the point where he was playing free, he was playing free tunes and I was playing free tunes, right? And we saved up our money for, we used to, what we used to do was busk. For however long it took us to make a, to make a fiver, you go buy fags, right? <laughs> and then, but what happened was we ended up not even making any money. We just spent all our money on fags and food. Because you, you were out all day, it was 2014, the Commonwealth Games was on mm-hmm. in Glasgow. So we, and it was like the best weather ever. It was Aye. about a month of just like 20 degrees. Uh, like that, like minimum. It was, it was amazing. And uh, the tune was just booming. So we ended up, then he, he used to do three songs each and, I'd do, and then I'd do three songs. And then uh, I'd smoke a fag within like the three songs. And it got to the point, I'd bust for about three months straight we we done this routine with three songs each and uh, it got to the point where I couldn't even speak by the end of the summer I smoked that many fags <laughs> all, I mean growing up all the people that I smoked like, I, I never really liked smoking do you know what I mean it was one of the things where you get to about see when you start getting your own money that's when you can't that's when you go so you, you, you got a fiver or whatever that's when you kind of start going oh, what, what am I going to do I've just got a fiver do you know what I mean I've just worked for it what am I going to do with this fiver do you know what I mean <laughs> no, you, can't, you can't do that anymore because it's 20 decks now isn't it and uh I so it got to the point where we were busking and I lost my voice, right? And uh, after after my voice came back, like something had changed. I, I think my voice had dropped, and uh, I ended up with this mad pure throaty voice. Right? It was just the fucking worst shit ever, man. I've got recordings for about five years ago, and I listen back to them, and go, "Oh my fucking god, what was I doing, man?" And uh, <laughs> it was like you're talking about the, the progression of busking there. It was. It's mental when I look back on, like, so I bust for four years and I see it as a, as an apprenticeship in mm-hmm. terms of, uh, just like everything, like people skills, but more, like, most importantly, uh, 
like being able to perform in front of people, being able to actually play to the best of my, my ability rather than just because people can tour, people can you can go on stage and do whatever. Do you know what I mean? But there's always got to be nerves there. It's been able to manage your nerves that, that that makes the best out of people. Do you know what I mean? Actually, the best performance, being able to manage your nerves and being able to just take him in your slide and just smash fucking just it and, and it was one of the things where it was the best place to do that in fucking on Buchanan Street do you know what I mean in the middle of Glasgow and it was we, we were at so I started off my voice was fucking terrible man I couldn't sing for shit I couldn't just go oh you like talk about people being talented and all that like I just think it was a cunt that, 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 that just worked that just kept on doing it and doing it and doing it and then I eventually got alright I'm still kind of shit in terms of there's people I know that are fucking amazing at singing I'm just kind of I, I get away with it because I, I can't be a guitar and can yeah, kind yeah. of sing do you know what I mean I, I, can, would, I can write a wee bit do you know what I mean no, so, I would say I understand why you're saying that but I wouldn't you put yourself down like that you're no, in terms, talented in terms of, the, in terms of the, the technical side of singing mm-hmm. like I didn't like like the way you breathe and stuff I've, I've, I'm trying to kind of bring it in now because it comes it's getting to the point where I'm playing like fucking yeah, I'm touring and stuff so you need your voice to last that long to be able to like to a high to a high to a high standard when you're busking you can just kind of fuck about right. that do you know what I mean but when you're touring, your voice, you need to keep your voice intact for fucking like two weeks straight. And it's that kind of thing where, in terms of uh, the technical side, I'm just kind of getting into that now. But when I started busking, I was fucking terrible. And uh, it kind of happened. Like, it's funny, I look, like, I've got recordings for like five years ago, and then four years ago, and then three years ago, and then two years ago. And it's meant to see just, just like the different improvements and how much they've changed. I and thought, I, have you ever seen the video of Ed Sheeran for years back? And he sounded horrific. Uh, you know, look at where that guy is. So it's, it's a constant improvement. Is that that thing where uh, people people talk about like people being talented and like don't get me wrong, there is people that's talented, but I think that there's like for example, you take Messi, right? He's like one of the greatest football players ever. I'd say the greatest. Aye. A lot of people say he's the greatest. Like people talk about, oh, he's talented, he's talented. As if he just picked up a ball, he was amazing. You can't tell me he was he wasn't out for every day of his life just kicking a ball, but a hundred percent he was out for just kicking that ball, but all the time since he was a wee, a wee guy. Do you know what I mean? And I think that although people might be talented, if you don't put the work in, you don't get anywhere. A lot of people are talented, mind like they people when I mean, there was like boys in my school that were like some of the best fucking football players I've ever seen in my life. Like they could get the ball. For, the, for their box, just scan every cunt and put it in a tap bag, Aye. right? And it was, it was why, like when I look back on that, I mind being out the weekend with these cunts and they'd be getting mad, but when they had a, when they'd have a game the next day. Aye. I mean, ta- talent isn't enough. You know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. You know, talent is what you would argue gets your foot in the door or kind of gets you your opportunity, but you then have to to work in that and building that. Uh-huh. So, when when did you make the jump then for busking to performing in, in sort of other venues? It was so when I'd started busking, I was uh, what happened? Right? So there's that's just how that's just how we kind of like for going to tools and all. It was like before, like kind of I'd met Jerry and stuff. So what what happened? How I met Jerry was so when you're in so so see when people are in foster care, right? The foster carers get a thing called respite where they get to send people out for two weeks, like at a year. So it'd be like Easter holidays, you get sent away. Mother, so like when it'd be like thirteen, fourteen, or something, it'd be like. Oh, brilliant, get to spend these to holidays with my pals. Brilliant, nice weather. And it's a Monday morning, oh, uh, you're getting sent to a house in Livingston. Do you know what I mean? Like, for fuck's sake. Uh, pure, I, I think back then it's, it's, it, it's funny. It's, I, it's, I have a wee chuckle at myself, but at, at the time I was fucking raging. Like, I need to go to a fucking house in Livingston. So what happened was when I got to 17, 
I got sent, I got sent to a house in, uh, I got sent, uh, so it was Easter holidays and I got sent to another house. And, uh, the, the guy I was staying with, he had, uh, he, he had an art club at this week in a community centre down the road that he'd go to. And, uh, he's like, why do you not bring your guitar down? I was like, I was saying, so I took my guitar down and, uh, it was just all these wee pensioners sitting painting. <laughs> I was like, on you go, because at the point I was like, kind of a lot of folk tunes. And then I was like, on you go, just play folk tunes. I was like, that sound. And then, I mean, just sitting at this point, my like, I think back to it, man, my voice was fucking terrible. And uh, I was, I mean, it's so funny, man. I mean, there's, there's this wee woman just sitting next to me, she must have been about 80. And I was sitting playing my guitar, and it was like, just screaming, How many roads can a man walk down? Boy, call him a man! <laughs> screaming in his wee woman's ear. It was like the first time I'd probably kind of played in front of people. Wee woman, she was sitting staring at me outside the aisle, like, fuck it, who brung this cunt? Oh, funny as fuck, man. But anyway, the, the, the guy that ran the art club is like that, uh, he said they had a, uh, he said he's, he was putting on like a wee folk night, and, uh, like, and a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks after that. I said, uh, he said, do you want to play? I said, I sound. And, uh, so I turned up, got to, go, uh, go to the bus to the place, went right past it, I had to walk about 10 minutes back, <laughs> and, uh, and I so got, got to the place, and then, uh, it was mental, it was like the first time I'd ever been in a situation where people were sitting down to watch somebody sing, like it'd be like a, a, a kind of gig environment, just in this kind of, it was like a wee, uh, just like a wee tiny community centre, and, uh, in this wee tiny hall, and, uh, so I, I was on first, there was this, uh, folk duo that was on after me, and, uh, after I'd finished playing, the, the woman that was in, the woman that was playing the gig, she came up to me and said, do you want to play this, uh, this wee, this wee fringe festival thing? Uh, I was like, I sound, she's like, I give you the email when I pass it over to the guy. Say it sound. And then, so at this point, I was sitting my exams, and um, my school exams, and I had, I got an email through saying, I used to play this, this place, this place, blah, blah, blah. So I went down, and uh, I met this lassie and, and a boy who, like, who we, we ended up just playing all the pubs together. You just walk, walk up and down the street, and you go into pubs and you just play. And then the next day, I met the lassie, and she was, uh, she she was with I don't know if it was a boyfriend or whatever at the time, and uh, he was like, ah, you should go up to uh, Jerry's open mic. Jerry had like, a wee jam night going on, uh, and uh, it used to be called the Brunswick Cellars. It's now called the Priory. Ah, aye, aye. And uh, he had so he had a wee jam night going there, and I was like like sixteen, seventeen at the time. So it was every Wednesday night, and the first time I turned up. So the, so it was just the Wednesday following that wee festival. Went, met our lassie, and then went in with her. And, uh, and I had to just hide away. Cause it, at this point, I had like, this, I had like a bald, I had like, my, the sides were all baldy, and I'd like just a wee curly, curly tap. Uh, and, uh, it was, I was, when I look back to it, man, I, I look at, I must have looked about 13. <laughs> I was sitting in this pub with Doc Martens and a fucking, uh, uh Fred Perry tap on. I tried to hide away from cunts, I was like, <laughs> I was like, you could spot me a mile away, and uh, I was hiding away, and eventually I waited and waited till I got a shot, uh, walked up, Jerry, uh, got introduced to Jerry, and then instantly, it was that kind of thing where, like, like, like can I, at the first time we speaking to Jerry, do you know I mean? Jerry's one of these people where you could just listen to, like, just all the time, do you know what I mean? Like, like everything he says, do you know what I mean? There's, like, there's a point to everything he says, do you know what I mean? And uh, at, at that time where, I was on my end, do you know what I mean? Still in a foster house, had my guitars taken off me and that, and what it was, was that, uh, I had to push myself to go in that situation, and to, like, 
in, in the deep end and I had to push myself to go into that situation and then Jerry was like the first person I probably met where I could talk to do you know what I mean about shit and, uh, that's quite incredible to pinpoint that back let's just if you take that all the way back you know how life makes sense retrospectively mm-hmm. like anybody who's ever got to a point in their life they can then look back and go oh fuck I can actually map well, yeah, I can map the dots through where are these uh-huh. things connected now you getting punted to Livingston which is <laughs> turned out to be the most fortuitous no no, no, so, so, no I, I, I was punted to Livingston when I was like 14 I, I was just an oh, example was that I was just Sorry. an example the, the, the place I got put to was just uh, a place in Glasgow right uh, so they just had an art club um, yeah, but I, it was funny Still, I think, like, I think you, about you I, can trace that all the way back it's, it's, uh, it's meant like you talk about like, that's, that's a negative like, you talk about being able to turn negatives into positives like so there, there I was like fuck here, here we go again do you know what I mean I'm getting sent to another fucking trade to house and then it turned out to the, the, the for the best thing that ever happened, do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. all this shit kind of happened where I met this cunt, he said, play this art club, screaming in mum's ears, mm-hmm. playing a, trying to sing Bob Dylan, to then playing this folk king, oh. and then getting sent on this, and then eventually meeting Jerry, and then at this kind of point, it would, this was just before I started busking, and, uh, and, so I just got my, my exam, I still had my exams and all that going, so I was going in, and, uh, Get, I was going into like this open mic and uh, like playing a couple of tunes and then you got a beer and at this point of all anybody ever drank was Mad Dog right and so I'd never really drank a beer before and uh, he's like right, you, you get a free beer for playing and I, I, I didn't drink juice at the time I don't, don't really drink juice anymore but uh, so I was like uh, he's one of the souls mate and I was like <laughs> I had to just sit in the corner sit in my soul when I was 17 like that the fuck is this shit man I heard a story re- I heard a story recently a guy when he was like 16 and he says he, used, he walked into a pub trying to act all cool as if he knew that he's dead and he says I'll, <laughs> I'll have a glass of beer please in the barman's like do you mean a fucking pint aye, 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 take one of them I imagine I said something like that as well the fucking but it was at, at that time I was trying to hide away as well and fucking I was so but I was that much at, like the ADHD, the ADHD part of, I couldn't be Doc Martens and a fucking Fred Perry tap on with, with colour hair uh, yeah, you're no easy to do you know I mean? sorry for the police to find exactly try, try to hide away in a pub and play tunes it was yeah, it was it was funny but I, but like at that point like, I, I'd met Jerry and uh, he gave me a bit of advice and all that uh, so, like, just to work on like, learns, like, he gave me some tunes to learn and stuff told me to learn got me into some, like, some like, different kind of uh, got me into kind of <clears throat> it was like, the first time where I kind of heard proper music because at, at that kind of time it was I was just going on like listen to Bob Dylan and, and Johnny Cash and all that obviously that's, that's like the, the best do you know what I mean but Aye. I mean proper music as in terms like, like listen to like, actual bad music do you know what I mean like through a big PA and all that like, that was mm-hmm. like, that, 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 like that was like I mind how buzzing I was when like kicking about there when I was like 16, 17 it was just one of the best things ever getting to play tunes and just hang as we there like everybody Everybody was different there, do you know what I mean? Like everybody, everybody that I met. And, uh, I, I quickly, I quickly became close to Jerry through that. And, uh, at the time. So I was then, so then I started busking. And then I was going down and doing open mic, uh, Jerry's jam night on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday night. So I was busking and then every Wednesday we'd go down there. And, uh, it, it just kind of became a thing where, like, me and Jerry kind of naturally grew closer, do you know what I mean? And it, it, it almost became a kind of, like, like instantly it kind of became a, a a big brother kind of role like I was like his wee brother he's my big brother Aye. and then now it's came it's became like it's kind of jumping ahead but now it's became like 
you genuinely is like my big brother, Johnny. Right, so like, I've seen him refer to you as his right. wee bro. He's one of the things he was. Jerry was one of the first people that I spoke to about being in foster care because like, I was only seventeen, so I literally just I just left the foster house, mm-hmm. and uh, I was speaking to him about it. And he he was uh, he was one of the first people that kind of made me understand where uh, like. It could have been worse, do you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing, like being able to turn a negative into a positive, do you know what I mean? He was one of the first kind of people that, that made me understand that, do you know what I mean? And uh, aye, so we ended up just ended up just playing with him every Wednesday, uh, playing down his open mic, and uh, it was it was brilliant. It was like a wee jam night where there wasn't it wasn't like an, an open mic. Like you said, like you turn up and everyone like I don't know if you've ever been an open mic, but like certainly like ones that I had been to, like 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 after that I'd. After kind of Jerry's jam night, I'd like been to other open mics and all. I'm like, this is fucking nothing like Jerry's one. Do you know what I mean? And like, I went to these other ones and it was like you'd be sitting and everybody'd be pure staring at each other and they'd be talking about like Jerry's jam night. Everybody was just there for a good time. Everybody Aye. was just everybody just loved music. Do you know what I mean? Everybody was just there to have a good time. It was like a, like it was some parties. Do you know what I mean? Everybody was just having a laugh. It wasn't a case of you turn up and there'd be fucking some like some dick just thinking they were better than everybody. Do you know what I mean? Everybody just loved playing music and it was. Being in that situation was one of the best things ever, especially being a seventeen-year-old that all they want to do is play music. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And uh, I so I was in that situation where I, I was busking and I was also doing, I was also playing with Mike. And then the first time I played a proper gig was Jerry asked me to play uh, stereo in Glasgow, and uh, that was in so that was in two thousand and fourteen. So I so that was just a couple of months after. I'd uh, started got his uh, his jam night and we so I played stereo room and I was like the first gig I'd properly played. I was me. I was like, I was crazy to play that. I still mind me being like how nervous I was like playing it. Uh, there's pictures of me and there's a picture of me and it's like I was wearing a, a Burberry Fred Fred Perry top and my face is the same colour as the fucking thing. I was like, <laughs> I, I was so shaky, man. It was it's meant to see how far out, like I look back, you know how far like I've I've came there, but. Um, I uh, so that kind of, I was all like, although I was busking, and although I like in the last kind of year I've started doing tours and I've I've no busking anymore. Right. But in terms of doing gigs and stuff, I was I was still busking. Busking was like kind of, uh, for me to get for for me to, to be able to then go on and then play these gigs. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Jerry talks about his open mic and his jam night. He talks about how it was all about keeping people match fit for like bigger for like playing gigs right, and stuff. Do you know what I mean? And it was. Like through, so I had that, and then I also had the busking. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, that was kind of the, that, that was the thing that kind of got me ready in terms of. Uh, I was playing, like I was just playing enough every single day. Do you know what I mean? I was Glasgow. There's only so many times it's no raining where mm-hmm. you can go out and fucking play. But I was nearly, nearly playing every single day out in the street, and uh, it, that that was what kind of gave me in terms of performance. Like there's always got to be an elf there. Do you know what I mean? And when I first started, like. Uh, there was like, I couldn't really even really play the guitar in front of people. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but and then like, as I busked, as I done my busking, uh, I kind of developed to embrace, like, and I learned to embrace the elves and just enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? And it, it became a thing where it became addictive. Do you know what I mean? Playing live and playing in front of people, there was just something magical about it. And uh, it was that kind of thing where the nerves started to kind of become more about excitement Aye. rather than actually being nervous, like. I know you talk about nerves as like negative negative connotations, do you know what I mean? But it's when it comes to like the situation that like the 
I played that much to the point where it just became excitement when I was playing. I was like, really, Aye. I was just buzzing about playing. I suppose the nerves are something as well that will keep you in check. If you don't have the nerves, then maybe your standards will slip because you're not too bothered what anybody thinks. So exactly, it's, it's got its positive um, force. It's all it's it's good being able to. Like, a lot of people talk about that. They talk about when the nerves go. That's just get up. You know I mean? But I so through busking, it was one of the things where I was doing my uh, doing a lot of busking, playing playing uh, playing the jam nights and stuff, and then. I developed quite a lot in terms of my writing. See, because I was learning so many tunes, busking. That's that's probably the key. That's the key to learn how learning how to write. Do you know what I mean? You learn other people's tunes, and then you kind of amalgamate all the tunes, and and then kind of create your own style. Do you know what I mean? Drawing in your own experiences exactly. and all. That. And it, it was one of the things where, because I learned all these tunes, I I developed my writing, and then through just playing every day, I developed I developed singing, and it. it it got to the point about I'd bust for about two two years, and then Jerry asked me to play the ABC with him. The O two ABC it was one mm-hmm. of the best one of the best nights of my life, and so I played that, and then I was in front of like thirteen hundred people. So that was the biggest that was the biggest gig I'd played. Did you time. believe it at that point? Because that's such a quick turnaround for you leaving the Foster home. Did you envisage yourself playing this? Because you obviously believed in yourself, but is that? Did you just constantly have that in your mind? That's where I'm heading. Every day, every time I played the guitar, I just imagined I was on stage. Do you know what I mean? It was Aye. that kind of. Uh, it's like a sort of. I, I, it was like a lot of people talk about visualization. Like a lot of people have like a lot of people have visions and dreams and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you have a lot of people don't want to put the work in, they get they get to that. Do you know what I mean? They they they, they want it, but they don't put the work in. And I think with me, we in terms of that, like how how short. That that time period was we sitting in a fucking foster house, sitting in my lunch break playing a guitar in the shop, in the back of the shop, to then playing in front of thirteen hundred people and I, I sold out gigs supporting Jerry. Do you know what I mean? Aye. And it was like that. That was just I, I think that was at the point where I knew a hundred percent that that's what I wanted to do because there was always there was people saying, "Oh, you should just go get a job and all that." And, do you know what I mean? There was, uh, and it was that kind of thing where that was that kind of set in stone that I, that's what I wanted to do after that gig after that gig I was like right, that's, this is it so imagine there's a a 15 year old you who's sitting there and you today is getting to speak to him and that 15 year old is probably representative of a lot of people um, but I'd say listening maybe fans of yours aspirational singers people who's having a tough time what would you say to them what, what one piece of advice would you give about you know the <clears> years that are coming up well a lot of cunts are going to tell you don't do something do you know what I mean? This is also this is also what Jerry talks about, where people told him, "Don't do this. Don't sing a Scottish accent. Don't don't write that tune. Don't write this tune." It doesn't matter what cunt say. Do you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what he like. But that says kind of he forced that. Don't get a fuck about what cunt say. Just do what you want to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, that's what like in terms of what what I've done. Do you know what I mean? There was there was a lot of people that told me, "Don't do this. Don't do that. You should just get a job or whatever." And like, it doesn't matter what you want to do, do you know what I mean? It can be fucking, you can be a football player, a musician, a makeup artist or whatever. If you have a passion for it, and you've det- you got determination and you eat, sleep and breathe it, you fucking fly with it, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The sky's the limit. And it's one of the things where people are going to tell you don't do it, people are going to say you're straight, but it genuinely doesn't matter what they say. All, all, the only thing that matters is what's going on in your mind and what you feel in your heart, do you know what I mean? And I think that Looking back to when I was like fifteen, I would I would say the exact same thing. 
Aye. to myself, do you know what I mean? That it was I was lucky enough to be in a situation where Jerry also talks about this, where lucky enough to have a curse of being a lonely child where you don't you're always searching for something there. And it's that kind of thing where a lot of people maybe people listening to this will will be searching for that thing, do you know what I mean? And it's a lot of people don't find it until they get older. A lot of people have maybe already found it, but but they don't know. Do you know what I mean? And trying to figure that out is one of the hardest things you can do. But when you do figure it out, and you're wanting you're wanting to search for that something there, it's possible. Do you know what I mean? If you find that thing and you want to take it to the next level, it's possible as long as you care about it. Do you know what I mean? If you genuinely care about it and you genuinely love what you're doing, then you'll fucking fly. But it, all the other bullshit doesn't matter. Pursue it and practice it and. Keep working on it then, uh-huh. as well, I suppose. Even, so, even if even if things are going on in your life, do you know what I mean? There's always going there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be things that are going to get you sidetracked. There's always going to be like anything can happen. Do you know what I mean? People can die. Fucking, do you know what I mean? That's a bit extreme, but do you know what I mean? Like people, th- things happen. Do you know what I mean? And right. it puts people fucking ten steps back, and it's that kind of thing where as as long as you keep going forward, do you know what I mean? And you know you never ever let yourself get down. Just keep going and going and going and going. Like for me, it was a case of. Me, when I was learning tunes, like I knew that that's all I wanted to do, and I genuinely had a passion for it. Genuinely loved doing what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? And it's got me to the point where I'm under now. For just, I wouldn't say tunnel vision, because sometimes it's good to you need to see what's going on. When it, when Aye, it you, but still maintaining I mean? that focus on that thing that you're after. Uh-huh. Aye, mm-hmm. well. It's paid that paid off for you that pursuit you've uh, or that that sort of focus and that mindset because I mean talk me through you're just you're in Berlin we were meant to record this a while back and you met, you text me I can't date I'm going to Berlin to play <laughs> with Jerry I was like alright that's quite a good excuse I mean wh- where have you played you, I mean because you've been all over I uh, played so it started off Jerry so as we're back to the ABC part we played the ABC gig and uh, so that was 2016. And then, so I was still doing my, doing my busking in, that, mm. uh, in between that. And then the next year, 2017, Jerry released his album. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to do the album launch. That was in St. Luke's. And uh, obviously, I wasn't going to say no, do you know what I mean? Aye, but, exactly. <laughs> no, I made your sound. I mean, I was <laughs> going to get a Chinese and uh, just stay in. I was stick to playing on a Gale Street, mate. <laughs> Fucking, uh, does that, so brilliant. And then played that. Uh, and then about, then the, the next day, Jerry put out the tickets for the Barrys without even announcing it. He just put them on and then, like, it sold out before he even announced it. Aye, I was like, shout out Liam, Liam Tate for providing my tickets, as always. <laughs> Liam always. Liam, Liam's coming to your gig at uh, King Tut's. Aye, down your Um It's happening, Liam. Yeah, you're Aye, so he played, uh, so Jerry sold out the Barrys uh, two nights in a row. Like, within, like, I can't mind the time, it was just something crazy for, like, when the tickets went on uh, sale for when it sold out. And, um, we actually managed to get 30 and what we did is we sold them for, and we managed to quadruple the price. We made some, I'm joking by the way. Did they fly across the table? Fucking I wanted to John McDonald, fucking tout. Nah, I Liam managed to get us a couple of tickets. But I, they, they did, they sold out in absolute record time, didn't they? Crazy, mate. They've, they, I can't even, I can't even how fast it sold out, but it, it was something mental. So, uh, so I was still, like, during all these gigs, like in between these kind of gigs, I was still like I was still doing my, I was still doing a bit of busking. That must so, have felt weird. Oh, it was mental, but like so, I've I been playing at the bars and then going back to busking, fucking <laughs> mental. But we done. Um, I played so so we played the, I played the bars with Jerry, and then after that, um, 
I still do, like, that was, they two rights were fucking, like, I, like, that's another thing, that was like another step as well where it was, if I was to, like, kind of, like, look back in hindsight for, like, that kind of point, 2017, like, 2014, where, like, the Southern Foster House and all that, like, it was all, like, kind of, like, Jerry speak, speaks about this as well, where it, Micro steps, mm-hmm. but it's just like one we hang at a time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like one we hang at a time. Like I think that is probably the key to success. Where you don't. I like, but I just, I just go back to the advice part you're talking about, where giving people advice. I think that a lot of people look at other people, look at other people doing. Maybe if they're in the same profession or whatever, Aye. and they see other people doing well, they go, "Oh, how the fuck's that? I can't get that." Do you know what I mean? That can't does that can't does deserve mm-hmm. it. And what it is is rather than looking at these cunts and, and seeing their success is your failure. What you do is you look at these cunts and go, how have they done that? Do you know success leaves clues. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, how, like, how's this person got to this stage or whatever? And it's, like, and then what you see, like, what you realise is it's just micro steps. Do you know what I mean? Nothing. Aye. Although, like, we all have the fairy tale, like, uh, something happening there night. Although, like, shit, like, for example, with Jerry's album, like, when his album came out, it blew up, right? But like before that, it was still fucking. It was still selling out gigs and all that. It was still. It was still touring and it was still doing. It, it was just kind of. It wasn't. It wasn't like a mainstream thing. Do you know what I mean? It was. It was still Aye. doing it. So it was. What well, a lot of people just see is like I, I, I can't put it an album and it goes massive. It's there's so much work behind that. Do you know what I mean? It's like years and years of work. We're we, we building up and building up. And I think Aye. in terms of advice, like that's something a lot of people need to realise that it's just it's all micro steps just we just we hangs at a time do you know I mean? in whatever capacity it is what will happen is somebody obviously people are there every day uh-huh. you know as you say every week so they'll look at point they'll see point one point two and point three uh-huh. but what it actually is is point one point fifty point one hundred and ten they're uh-huh. just seeing that as three wee steps but there's so much that's uh-huh. that's gone in between that and I think like, well, a lot of people talk about people being lucky where like <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's like, see, like, all the, the part of it, oh, it's, it's who you know, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But that kind of thing where, like, people moan about, oh, it's who, it's who you know, oh, they know this, can't they know that? How do they know that person? They've put themselves yeah. in a situation to go meet these people. Oh, like, do you know what I mean? For example, with the, with the, like, how I met Jerry, do you know what I mean? So, Aye. Jerry was like the first person to give me, like, my, like, my first proper gig and stuff, do you know what I mean? And, uh, what, what happened there? I wasn't just a cunt that, that grew up with him and he was like, I just gave me, ah, oh, you know what I mean? You can play. Aye. It was like, I, I, fuck, I grew up in a foster house where I didn't know any I didn't speak to anybody do you know what I mean ended up getting a job and I shite to well the shop wasn't a shite do you know what I mean it's just a normal shop Aye. but <laughs> a, a job and then uh, playing my lunch break to then get sent out to rest my house and then playing these wee pub things and then uh, these wee pub gigs and then and then get then talking to people and all that and then I've edged up mate and then meeting Jerry do you know what I mean Cause what, you and get a lot of people who say well anybody could have done that and the difference is they didn't and as you've said you go out and you put yourself in these positions you go out and you work you graft you learn you know you perfect you get, you get it wrong a million times and then you eventually start to get it right through that process of repetition you know perfecting it repairing it or whatever it is and mm-hmm. as you say like if you you go out and put yourself in the positions, and then you'll get it. And a lot of people say that. I well, anybody, I could have done that. I well, you fucking mm-hmm. never. So the thing is, nowadays, like people expect it just to get handed to them in, in a sense that they're expecting, like they're expecting just to get that like, record deal or whatever, just like just mm-hmm. straight away. They are like, oh, it's just who you, like that part of it is just who you know. It's like if you, you put yourself in enough point. situations, to if you put yourself in enough situations that is out with your comfort zone. Aye. Well, like I was a wee seventeen-year-old guy, wee seventeen-year-old boy. Gone out my comfort zone, gone into pubs, getting kicked out and all that, do you know what I mean? And just, just try to sneak in and be able to play a few tunes. Like, 
that kind of thing and then I eventually met I eventually met people and all that and then they go oh you, you should play this gig or whatever and then it kind of built up for the urge I mean it was just on my so it wasn't a case of like what, what, what a lot of people think in terms of people who are successful that they just know something and, and they, they, they just get all this shit and it just happens I'm telling you I'll, be, su- I'll be surprised if your story doesn't get turned into a film at some point because you know it's, be, it's I'd call it a stratospheric <laughs> rise and by all, by all accounts you shouldn't be here there's been a well that's and, what, and I, I don't mean it here in the world I just mean in the situation <laughs> that you're in well, in the, like, well, everything was against me growing up in terms of getting my guitars and all that taken off me and, like, <clears throat> the, like <clears throat> being in foster care and all that and I, like, in a fucking, I did dead in place, do you know what I mean? In terms of, like, the, the place that I grew up was just fucking, just crazy, do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, just stories and stories and stories of just mental shit happening, cunts dying and all that and that, that kind of thing where it's, I don't know how, like, I couldn't throw a punch to save myself and I'm the most annoying person ever, do you know what I mean? And I do not know how the fuck I survived it. But then again, I had, I think, all the times that shit actually kicked off with, with, with like, bad shit happening. I was lucky enough to be kind of kept in the house. And then, like, deep, deep within me, I had, a, like, a f- fire in my belly that I never let die. So I always knew that I was going to destined to be something there, in terms of just being stuck in the same place that uh. I was. There was a lot, mind my mates, when I was about 15, like, well, where I grew up, it was... Like the the way it used to be was like everybody it was only everybody on the same street hung about each other. You didn't really know much people out with it. And uh like so my mates were like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. So I was like I was like the youngest. I've always been the youngest, youngest in my family, youngest out of my pals and it. And uh I learnt a lot through I learnt a lot through hanging about with people that was older than me. But when I was like six, so when I was about fifteen, a lot of my mates were they were all sign signing on the brew, uh They'd all left, they'd, they'd all, all left school, they were doing nothing, they were sitting in the house, just doing fucking nothing, do you know what I mean? And then, like, it got to the point where you might be 30 year old, still doing the same shit, do you know what I mean? And that's what, what I seen when I was 15, I was very lucky to have pals that are older than me, mm-hmm. I went, fucking hell, I, there's no chance I want to do this. I don't fancy do you know going down that road. And it was, it was that kind of thing where I knew if I'd put enough effort into like my music that I would kind of manage to kind of get out of the dead end and then it would <clears throat> and then if something and then if I really cared about it in terms of once I was out of that, that side because it's all, it's all steps you're always looking for something there do you know what I mean and I knew if I was looking for something there after that then I would really have to go for it because music's no the music game's no easy do you know what I mean the only people that make it is, is the people that have worked their fucking asses off do you know what I mean and Aye. I think that once I got out of that kind of dead end situation, I knew that I had to put, just go for it. Do you know what I mean? Nay, plan B, just fucking go for it. Because it was all, at the end of the day, it was all I cared about. Do you know what I mean? Aye. And it kind of, it's got me to the situation I'm in the now, where I've, like, like, I've still got to see the same, the same passion, the same determination that I had five years ago, sitting in a wee fucking, a, a wee show. Do you know what I mean? Playing a, playing a guitar, I'm a lunch break, to then gone, gone on all these tools. Do you know what I mean? Aye. It's crazy. Is, uh, so talk me through uh, the so, so, so the tools is we we done we've played we've played everywhere we've done uh, Jerry asked me on tour after the after the Paris gigs that was in 2017 Jerry asked me to uh, support him on the Scottish tour and that was that was in March 2018 I think and uh, that was when see that Beast for Easter hi so I was just coming back from Amsterdam and uh it was, we were, I had to sit in that boat, on the boat, going through that storm, man. It was the fucking worst oh, thing no, ever. No, no ever, thanks. Oh, it was fucking horrible. That's and, um, 
we done uh, so uh, so it was we were doing a tour like the next day and I ended up getting we ended up getting trapped in Newcastle and uh, managed to get that one train was, was running managed to get up to Edinburgh and it was it was like fucking India see you seen in my documentaries yeah, like, I, like train journeys or whatever, and you see people getting pushed right. on the trains like it's, it's like absolute pa- that's what it was like in fucking right. Edinburgh Waverley so oh my god man so I was like I'm a fuck getting on one of the trains and then managed to make it back the next day and then a few of the days got cancelled uh, for the tour and then when the, the tour eventually got started I think the first date was in maybe Edinburgh I can't, I can't remember what it was but like that was like one experience that was man like being able to go on tour do you know what I mean actually mm-hmm. Go on, a, go on a van and, and kick about cities uh, and all that. Like, I, I was, because before that, the only place I'd played was just places around Glasgow, do you know what uh, I mean? Uh, and being able to travel about and play everywhere else was, was amazing. Where were the standout crowds? Like, what, is, it, is it Glasgow? Because we always say it's Glasgow. Where was the, the maddest crowd? In terms of, I think Glasgow for a headline act is probably the best. Like, uh, like if it's your gig, I think Glasgow's the best. Uh, but it's like so many places that I've played there the last year, like last two years, where like the re- the reception that I've got, like for, tell you what, in that English tour that, that we just done there or the, the UK tour, the the best place that I played was probably Birmingham. Really, yeah. And it was like I don't, I don't know what like we were we were all got we were got Birmingham like that fucking like because we had done Liverpool, Manchester, and all that. Like we, we thought like. Like all, all the ones were, were they were, they were going to be the best. Do you know what I mean? So, but Moon was like, right, yeah, I can get up the road. But like, for me, it was like the fucking one of the best gigs I've ever played Madness. in my life. Probably, probably like apart from the Barry's gigs, I was like, there's nothing going to beat the Barry's right. gigs. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but like play, playing that gig was, I don't know what it was. Like the crowd was just fucking listening to every every word and then singing every word like with the tunes that tunes that they Magic. knew and then. Like the sound and all that, just everything was fucking, everything was perfect about it. Do you know what I mean? But in terms of in terms of like what crowds the best, I think it's it doesn't come down to like for me, like it's not came down to what crowd is the best. I think it's the full the full thing where is the venue been good? Have I performed well? Have I played? Have I made any mistakes? Do you know what I mean? It's like that kind of that can be like because you could have the mm-hmm. best crowd in the world, and if you play shit and you you fuck up a couple of times, then the gig will become then then in your head you'll think, oh that fucking gig was shit. Do you know what I mean? Aye. But it, but it, but it might have no, it might um, have no been. Do you know what I mean? Coming up, obviously we've discussed a couple of times Isle of Wight. What else have you got coming up over the rest of this year? Uh, so I've got uh, King Tuts and when's that? A couple twenty twenty ninth of June. Aye. So playing that. And then I've got, and after that I'm just gonna be getting in the studio. Uh, got a lot of shit to record. And then in October, that's probably when I'll be getting back out and like to. I think we're gonna be doing a a UK tour and a headline UK tour in October. I've played it's a festival called the Neighbourhood Festival in Manchester. Right, as a multi venue kind of thing. So that's like gonna be one one of the dates of the tour. So I like got a lot of, got got a lot of shit lined up for this year. Do you know what I mean? It's it's also even what's good about music is see even if you've no see if you're, even if you've no go gigs lined up if you're no touring or whatever you can, you're still writing. Do you know what I mean you're still every Aye. day you're still just playing the guitar and all. It's not a case That's of like daily routine. Exactly, it's not a case of like you're, you're playing and you're like. As soon as you come off stage, that's when it stops. Ah, you're away back I mean? to work in an office. Aye, exactly, it's, it's your life. Mm. And as we kind of draw to a close, one thing I wanted to ask is you were saying years back in the shop you still imagined yourself playing on stage uh-huh. and it sort of come true. Now, in today, what are the sort of mad visions or the 
you know, the visualisations that you've got for yourself, like, what are you kind of seeing now over the next five years? See, it's better than that because it, it, it gets bigger and bigger every time you, you, you pass like a certain... Aye. Do you know what I mean? It's like every time that there's like a certain step that you go past and you go, right, it's because you're always searching for something there. Aye. So, so you go off it. But the, like, the new is like fucking, now I've got like a team room, do you know what I mean? I've got a manager, I've got a booking agent. Now, like, things are actually happening, there's people in place to, and it's, why, why like, I, for the meantime, what I see myself doing is just to them and mm-hmm. just, because at the end of the day, that's, it's just, it's, this is like the kind of, I'm kind of living my dream now, do you know what I mean? Because Aye. I'm getting to, I'm getting to write every day, I'm getting to play music, and then I'm getting to go on tour and do all these gigs and stuff. So it's like, it's got to the point where this is, like, I, I'm living my dream, and it can only get bigger, do you know what Aye. I mean? If, like, if, as long as I keep putting the work in. By the sounds of it, as long as music is revolving around it, it's going to make you happy, you're saying, mm-hmm. as, you, as keep, things keep getting bigger and bigger. Uh-huh. Another wee thing I wanted to ask you about, and uh, I'll paint a picture for anybody listening, as we walk through Central Station, you get shouted on three times. A guy asks you for a picture, and then a guy put you on the, and maybe they'll be listening. A guy put you on the phone to his wife, who was in hospital after just no, giving birth. She, I did go on the phone to somebody's missus. She was in Bolognese and mashed potatoes. <laughs> that's bizarre. <laughs> hell, man. So, so I just sat away and asked for food at the hospital. Like, what'd you get? She's like, Bolognese and mash. Like, Bolognese, Bolognese and fucking mash. <laughs> so, so obviously, hell, yeah, there's fame is something that comes with it. And it's um, you'll be getting recognised more and more. How do you deal with that? Do you like that side of the 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 job? I suppose I'm just like a normal cunt anyway. Like so, when when I see people, like it's weird. Like when people, it's it's a weird thing because, like when I see people like asking for pictures and all that, and I it's weird. But now because it's understand what it is. It's like see when it when it when it kind of when it just happens. So like that, that, I done the 2018 tour with Jerry. Uh, and people were asking for pictures and all that I was like this is fucking mental but I've always been like because of the shit like growing up and all that I've always been quite grounded so there's nothing that kind of really phases me in terms of like, I can talk like fuck do you know what I mean so like when people when people come up to me and all that and ask me for like or I just wanted to talk and I'm sound do you know what I mean I, I just like talking to cunts and there's never there's no really a thing where I go Oh, there's a cunt fucking want a picture. Do you know what I mean? I've got like, alright, maybe what's happening. Always good to maintain that personable, approachable demeanour in it, and it uh-huh. probably endears you to people as well. I think that it's also hanging about with people that was, like, so I, so hanging about, like, when I was in pubs and all, when I was like 17 playing open mics, hanging about with people that were kind of like half famous, and they were in bands and stuff, and they were walking about thinking they were the fucking coolest cunts ever. Like, I used to look at these cunts and go, that's exactly what I never want to be. Aye, whether, I'd say whether you're the, the headline act or whether you're the runner or the assistant, you'd, everybody deserves the same respect, so don't, exactly. I don't think you will at all, but it's good to, to maintain it, you don't lose that, that sort of way of thinking. Um, I'm not, I'm lucky enough, exactly, I'm lucky enough to be, to be, now I'm surrounded by people that I trust and love, do you know what I mean? And aye. it's, there's, like every day, it's, every day I wake up, live my dream, and, I'm thankful for all the shit that happened for, for growing up. Do you know what I mean? It, it shaped me into the, the way I think nowadays, the the, the gratitude that I have, and uh, for, for just all the, just the simple things, do you know what I mean? And how, because I know how quickly it can be taken away, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, and you know, that part with like giving people respect and all that, it's just, um, there's no need to be a fucking arsehole, do you know what I mean? I think we've talked about everything, so I don't, I don't think there is anything that you. You would want to add, but is there? Is there anything you want to kind of add or touch on before we round up? Yeah. Uh, 
No, no, I'm going to go smash your foosball. Pretty sure I beat you to begin with, but I lost, <laughs> I lost count. Um, Dylan, what a man, what a singer, what a future, what a conversation. Thanks for joining. Cheers, Sean. Nobody else rather be by myself if I'm without you. Old leaves fall from the trees just like dead memories. Won't forget you. You picked me up when I was lost. But I'll never let you know I want nobody else Rather be by myself If I'm without you Voices scream in the hall Pictures hang on the wall Up above you But I'll never let you know I want nobody else Rather be by myself If I'm without you Put like twigs in the stream See your face in my dreams I still love you You picked me up when I was lost But I'll never let you Rather be by myself if I'm without you.